What if you don't cut any of them? No, I, I have to cut. No one's going to know what happens before this sentence. It's going to just be a big mystery. It's going to be fine. I'll explain now that this episode's out a little bit early because we, we cap, I, we're doing a service to the people. I don't want to get I don't want to get too in like the production weeds of the show, but oftentimes an episode's ready a couple days before it goes out. You know that gives me time to like have a weekend and edit it. You know it, it makes the schedule a little bit more looser for us of when you want to come over here and do it. Like normally it, it just makes sense, right? Like they, they don't just come bam fresh off the presses to to the podcast feed. But this one this one has a very short turnaround time because uh, we wanna we wanna be included in the conversation. Wow, there's there's a lot of hair on the table. I wonder what that's from. <laughs> you, you know, you, you talk about those things. You're talking about like, uh, you know, the production schedule and all these important things. But uh, but you were unemployed <laughs> for like <laughs> the, the last like two months. How, how, yeah, two months. Two months. I was two gone for a this month. podcast. You were unemployed. You didn't you didn't. <laughs> Now that you've got a job, it actually is important. Yeah. You've got to come off work. you got to take the extra time. I, I do appreciate all of this, Joey. No, I, I appreciate it, too. I mean, we're going to – if I move, there's a there's a scenario where, like, I might move a little bit farther away from you, so that might be annoying if you got to come another 10 oh, minutes to God. do it. Is that a good point to break that news? I might move, like, closer to Santa Monica. That might put a kink in our relationship. That's it. The podcast is over. <laughs> Fuck. It's, it was the last it's 10 miles. It was the last 10 miles. You couldn't make it the last 10 miles. We can talk about that later. You know, I had to, I couldn't park inside of your apartment building area. I had to park <laughs> on the street, Joey, and walk over. That was an extra five minutes. Fuck. And the entire five minutes, I was thinking to myself, oh, God, I shouldn't be doing this podcast. It's too much. I'm not a celebrity. I'm an easy talent to work with. Everyone else is the one who has all the problems. I'm just happy go look capitalist yeah okay I see, i'm Fuck seeing you joey i'm seeing through your disguise right now <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> we're here early <laughs> because there's been so much dota pro circuit news and people are, might be like but didn't you talk about it with charlie i mean a little bit but yeah. now like there's been it's like hiroshima up in here is that a joke in bad taste i'm sorry a little bit i'm oh man <laughs> And now we're left in the in the nuclear radiation ridden wasteland of the DPC announcement. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna ripple for generations and have long lasting effects. Um, please stop me. Please, I, please stop. I was gonna go a step further, but uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Everyone. Our Dota children are gonna be riddled with malformities. Oh. Oh boy, these are really inappropriate jokes. See, that's what you come to Psychpole so Podcast for. But you are here listening to this podcast early because we've got some big news about the DPC season. We want to be able to talk about that with you guys for the like 5% that come to us for actual Dota relevance. I know the rest of you guys are just waiting for the penis and poop jokes to come in. Mm -hmm, but uh, mm -hmm. we we will actually be 
pretty well informed on this stuff, Joey. It's wild, yeah. I mean, you're generally well informed because you're like an industry insider, but uh, I feel like I know a little bit more than average about this, so I can like slip in my, my alternate perspective that people definitely are here for. And it helps that the fact that we actually have just straight up official rules and a whole bunch of information released over the last like three days. So Yeah, because, you know, so, so for those who aren't completely caught up, which one, it's your fault for either not following Dota close enough or not listening to a couple prior episodes. So I'm going to out you right now as not being a true fan. But besides that, like, you know, there was there was a leak. If you even want to call it that, do we want to call it that? There was a leak, I guess, like some liquid sure. Dota posted an article. Uh, by someone who I don't even know uh, that's like, hey, DPC rules are changing. And everyone was like, whoa. And it was kind of like floating in the air that there was going to be a different season post-TI-10. The teams knew about it. They were pretty hush-hush. And then suddenly people knew. But it wasn't officially from Valve for a while. So it was hard to say, like, what's actually real? What's going to change? What What is what's going to change? Sure. But now that there's been an official blog post... That means that we know at least the lion's share of it. I'm sure there's still a lot of details that we'll continue to talk about for the next year. But but for the most part, like the new DPC seasons here, what's that? 2020 to 2021? Yes. 2020, 2021. That's a lot of 20s. It's too many 20s. What's like the top line? What, what's new and exciting that Valve told us, Cap? So we are moving to a league system. First of all, um, that would be the biggest thing. We are also going back to three majors. So how it's going to work is we're going to have six weeks. Is it six weeks? Yeah. I think it's six weeks. Six weeks of uh, a leak format and leading into a major. And that is for every single one of the regions. They will all have this. Um, participating in the league will get you prize money, which is another change from qualifiers in the past. Uh, if you thought about it, like just qualifying doesn't get you any money, mm -hmm. right? You get to go to the event, and that's where you make your funny. Now the league operates as a qualifier, and playing in that league will get you paid, as well as get you DPC points. And then on top of that, not only are they doing a league with eight teams for the upper division, there is also a secondary league in a, the lower division that is going to represent the real shit teams. The real utter garbage. So, <laughs> you're, we, we can stop there for a second. There's going to be 16 teams? Yes, per region. Can you name 16 North American teams? No. Can you name eight? I'm, I'm not even sure if I can name eight. I'm, Cause, I would Because Doze, Doze was in this last qualifier. Does, they forfeited. Does the new C9 count as NA? Who knows? We'll have to see where they end up playing. Does this podcast get released before or after E makes an announcement? I don't know. I don't know. That isn't announced yet, right? Isn't? I don't know. I'm not going to edit it. Maybe it's just a guess. <laughs> you know, Jack followed them on Twitter again. Does he know? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a little bit of tangent. Does Jack, who is the owner of C9, for you for you who don't know, know anyone else's phone number aside from, from Envy's? Surely he has anyone else's contact aside from his. It's like he must be some kind of a masochist. He keeps on going back to that well, and he's like, you know, it worked so well last time. You want to come back, Jackie? I think he must hate himself. I th I, he must be. He's so happy with his league team right now, which is like undefeated in NA, that he has to just be like, you know all this money we're making? Let's put some in the toilet. You know, the funny part of that is, is that uh, fighting pandas before had issues finding sponsors as 
you know, because they were a team for a while and they made events and stuff and they never mm -hmm. had a sponsor, right? They never had a team. Yeah, they didn't. They had issues with that. Do you have any guesses as to why, Joey? Is it because I'm, I, this, I, oof. Hot take, I bet we're going to get E.E. on the podcast. So I know that he can't listen to this, right? Because if he does, he might not want to. But, like, mm. is it because people might not have wanted to work with him? I, I Honestly, I don't know. But uh, I do know that I, like, if I'm a team owner and I'm looking at a, a team to pick up, I would pick up a team that has AUI 2000 in it. Yeah. That, that's Stability. a former TI winner. Yeah. I would pick up a team like that. I like so Moon and Moon. That they weren't able to find the sponsors. I'm sure they they uh they asked around even. Yeah. Maybe teams who've been in the scene before. You have and somehow but... Envy leaves that team and ends up on a sponsored team. Yeah, I don't know. So man. maybe AUI was the problem. <laughs> You know what? You might be right. I'm I'm just taking a shot. I don't, I don't know anything. I doubt it. Man, I hope they announce that <laughs> soon. Um, anywho, because there is so uh, we can probably tie these two together, right? Because uh -huh. we know that there are going to be 16 teams, and there's definitely going to be eight teams that, unlike an Overwatch League or unlike an LCS League of Legends League, you don't have to have like a franchise buy-in spot. Mm -hmm. Teams now know that even if they aren't your, um, I don't know, secrets or Vichys or Fanatics or what have you, they can they can have a team that might not win events, but can either do well in a league or at the very least will be seen in a league. This is consistently easily the most support that Valve probably ever will give to the tier two and tier three scene. Not only are they making a flat prize pool structure of the league itself that you get paid just for participating in the league, and it's a relatively flat structure. There's not a big difference between first and sixth. There is very similar to LCS. There is no money for seventh and eighth, where you also get knocked down into the league. But I think that, that there's supposed to be some incentive for you to just play oh some matches, even if you can't be first. You know, what, what about those teams that just end up like, uh, we're the eighth worst team in this fucking league? Like, what's the point of playing anymore? And they just forfeit, right? Like, there's got to be some incentive to keep people playing for stuff, even if you're getting knocked out, right? So you don't get paid for that. $280,000. $280,000. Per season. Per season. So even though you know that in an old Dota world, you might say like $200,000 go to first place, but now, much like you said, much more flat. Yes, much, much more, more flat. flat. And then on top of that, this entire league structure is to incentivize team owners to be able to come into the Dota system and look at these, you know, like these teams that you normally wouldn't support because you don't even know if you'd ever see them at a land. There's no, there was no reliability before. You pick up a team, say you pick up, uh, you know, say you pick up Fighting Pandas. You don't know if they're actually going to qualify for a major or a minor. You don't know if they're going to TI. You don't know any of those things. Now you know 100% that there is a set amount of games that they are going to be playing that will be watched because of a league format. So more team owners are going to come in. Tier 2 Two and tier three players are going to be more and more supported as a result. And on top of that, because of a, uh, a flat structure, but not a structure that is, uh, especially if you are a tier two player, that's not going to majors and not going to TI because of 
the fact that you are going to be sponsored by a team because of the fact you are actually not making enough money to just like continue living you will be forced to i don't know do things like make content make yourself valuable outside of just playing the game of dota 2 yeah. Right. Like team owners are going to come in. They're going to be happy with the league, but they're going to want you to do other things. Right. And more content is never a bad thing for any esport. That might be a bad thing for us if more people like, you know, we're so cool. Right. That like we're so cool. Like I want less people making podcasts. But aside from that, make all the content you want. Um, the, the, the prize distribution, I know that we said it's flat, but like first place, $30,000, eighth place, $22,000. Very flat. Very flat. Um, I know that some people had some issues with this. I thought you didn't get money for 7th and 8th. Oh, my bad. Well, you don't get DPC points. You don't get DPC points. You're not going to a major. And top. The, the, okay. Yeah. It, well, you still get paid for just for playing in the league. Jeez. Yeah. The, the first four teams are going to the majors. And if you're making money, you're making money at the majors, right? Like, yeah. that, that's where the big prize purses are coming from. Yeah, The rest exactly. of the season is more, it's more akin to a salary than it is like a, like a prize winning. Like, sure, you know, play well, make more money, but relative to what it was before, like, it, it, it's more akin to a salary. Yeah, we see a lot of players, like, uh, a lot of people in general just come, like, uh, they think the flat structure is not good enough, but let me just say, I think that TI has kind of, like, fostered the wrong attitude in a lot of players about where your money comes from. Because the thing is, is that we've gotten to a point where the international is such a big draw, monetarily speaking. You place top eight, you're kind of set for the next how many years. Yeah, depending on how frugal you are, it could be a very long time. Yeah, you could get seventh, eighth and be good for another five. Or what country you live in or what your standard of living is. Yeah, exactly. So all all these things. So these players are like, they look at uh, how am I making money? How am I getting by? playing this game professionally and they look at it as prize pool but no other no other esport has it that way right not really i'm not really not really the amount of money that you're making for like first place at worlds the best players can still outdo by getting uh like really good salaries out of being a part of a team Right or getting certain sponsorship deals. Oh, if you're in League of Legends as a direct comparison, you're making money from your team contract. Right, like you're getting paid. Some players are getting paid, you know, high six figures to play for a year, multiple years. So it's not if you win Worlds, what is what's the top prize pool for Worlds? It's less than a million dollars for the top team. Yeah, the Worlds, the the prize pool of Worlds, the penultimate giant League of Legends tournament is is two and a quarter million dollars. Which seems small if you compare it to TI, but net, those players in those top teams are making more money per year and making money consistently. And I think that we're going to see that now in Dota. Not to that same yeah. grandiose scale that we see oh, yeah. players. I don't, I don't think anyone you know, is going <laughs> to be making quite that money. But if, if you're an eighth place team mm-hmm. and all the money is going to the players which may or may not be the case depending on the organization or like whatever's going on, that's a that's, uh, $22,000 divided by five, $4,400 per player um, over six weeks. That's like 750-ish dollars a week per player to be playing yeah. in a season. Not which is, it's, it's not amazing. You can probably make more money working a minimum wage job. But imagine if you are someone who wants to try and break into the scene. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a tier two or a tier three. And 
the thing stopping you from doing it is a financial commitment. Like that's a livable amount of money for someone who's mostly just trying to grind a game and become a pro to maybe help them live their lives and not have to not play Dota because they need to go work whatever job they have. Yeah, it kind of sets this baseline of like, you will be able to at least try. You will at least be able to try. You you may have to stretch some things, but you'll be able to commit yourself to playing in this league for six weeks off of the money that you get if you're in the upper division, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're, if you have aspirations past that, which everyone does, everyone wants to live a better life, just depending on how much better for some people, right? The At that point in time, you may have to get a sponsorship. You may have to, in order to track those things, you, you, what do you do? Well, you, uh, you build up your social media numbers, you grow your YouTube, you stream, you do those sorts of things to attract those, those team owners and recognizing Mm -hmm. that you have value. Maybe, maybe you won't be heading to the major, but you can at least sponsor this team and maybe we'll be able to grow in time for TI. And then once you're a part of that team, you are again, more incentivized to be able to do those things that creates content. And I think that the, like uh it's it's really discouraging the fact that we just like for the longest time in dota 2 the valve like they swung this pendulum all the way in one direction which is players players only only thing we care about is players and getting this money directly into the players hands right and that was good for preventing players from being uh like taken advantage of by team owners. There was a lot of good things, right? It was like, gave them a certain amount of independence away from other tournament organizers, other team owners. They were able to Mm -hmm. give them the most power possible, but it also took away all incentives for them to do anything outside of just focus on the game, particularly uh, over the last like three or four years, if you're part of some player owned organization, right? If, If you're part of a player owned organization, you may not be getting a salary at all which was the case at one point in time for at least one org, Mm -hmm. or you may be getting very, very low salary. But at the end of the day, do you really care? Because all all that matters is you know you're going to TI. You want to just be able to place as high as possible in TI. And so there's no incentive for those team owners because they're player-owned to be doing any sort of great content. And if you're a player who doesn't want to be doing that anyways, maybe you leave a team and go make your own team because then you're freed from the shackles of that. Maybe you think it's, oh, it's a good investment. Like, I can start. It is cool that organizations have started from Dota more naturally than they've started from other teams. And mm-hmm. you don't see that from everyone. That I'm talking about, like, your secret, who's expanded to different things and, you know, got investment. Your OG, who obviously made so much money, got the Red Bull sponsorship, like, able to expand and trickle into other games. Like, that's cool. Not a lot of other esports are having that, that organic growth and building up new teams from scratch from player-owned orgs. But the downside of that is, is everything you were saying, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so now I think with this new system, we like we've still committed, right? TI's not changing. They they've like they haven't said anything about changing the TI prize pool. They haven't said anything about like all the suggestions that people have talked about capping the prize pool, bringing the uh, the rest of the money, taking five mil away, putting it into the majors and minors. They they haven't talked about any of that sort of thing, right? So if you keep the current system of TI, which I I actually like as opposed to a lot of other like uh players for i like the fact that there is this incredibly awesome amount of money that is in ti that allows you a player to be able to achieve whatever you want for the rest of your life you're able to 
by committing yourself to this game and be, end up being the best, you have then just been rewarded <laughs> in such an incredible way. Um, but but you've managed to just like be completely financially independent for the rest of your life. You you've the biggest dreams come true, right? With yeah. with being able to place first at TI. So you still keep that while simultaneously, hey, we're still like this that's a very top heavy idea, right? Mm -hmm. Is that you have to be able, you have to be top heavy in order to make that amount of money, right? But at the same time, we're still supporting the tier two and tier three scene. I think though that's like uh, a pretty good compromise between the two. Have we I guess the royal way. Have we made players divas by um, the system? I wouldn't say divas. Not at all. I wouldn't say divas. Um, I, I would say they just, like, haven't been incentivized to, um, like, do a whole lot outside of just play the game. And, like, people work off of incentives, right? There, there's no, like, you can be a lot of different kind of personalities, but everyone works off of incentives to some extent, right? Pay me! Exactly. Pay, pay <laughs> me. See some sort of reward, right? Sometimes it's not even pay. Sometimes it's just, uh, like, I'll tell you, I'm not incentivized when I think content is just not going to go anywhere. Right? If I, if I think nobody's going to watch it, I don't really want to make the content. Because um, it just feels like a waste of time to me, right? Yep. That's a, that's a non-payment incentive, but it's still an incentive. Happiness is also one if you want to just get really, yeah. really top level with it. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? I when they asked, uh, when I was asked about this podcast by you, Joe, you know what I did? I swallowed that happiness pill, and I swallowed that that, that idea that anybody was going to watch this, and I was just like, this won't make me happy. Nobody's going to watch it, but I'll do it anyway, Joey. It's okay. <laughs> There's a little bit of money, right? So, I mean, at least you can take that out of it. Um, I'm joking. Man, I'm is joking. It, is it warm in here? Is, is that just me? Am I wearing too many layers? No, it is warm man, in here. I, I'll take uh, them off. You're right. It is, I, feel like I look like I'm going to go to a Scott concert. Like, I'm going to go see No Doubt after this. <laughs> oh, that's for the video promotion, people. Um, the, oh, real, real quick note. Uh, you were right about some of these places not getting paid, but that's in the lower division. I did just pull up. Oh, yeah. That's so, oh, out, of the 16th team, out of the 16 teams, only 15 and 16 don't get paid and they get eliminated from playing in the first place yeah, dude if you're the 15th or 16th best team in your region you're not worth paying i'll just be honest with that and you're obviously not worth being in the division because that's why they get relegated out yeah i like relegation i think this is exciting mm. i like i'm gonna be very hyped for the for the relegation for uppers and lowers i'm gonna be excited for i guess not open qualifiers actually i take that back i'm gonna be excited for who's going up and down and seeing if you know any of these teams this system works right if we see lower division teams become upper division teams which yes. happen automatically by the relegation process but i think that by injecting just the little bit of money in here we're going to start to see some people in dota like we haven't before and while that's good for the competitive scene i don't know if that trickles all the way down to like gross player base numbers or like more people interested in the game in general but like it's it's definitely a slow process, right? Like you're not it, if it does impact any of those sort of numbers, it's not going to impact them right away. No, I, I don't think so either. But I do think that you know, knowing that it is viable for more people, more people could be interested in it, or just having more Dota content in general, more people might be interested in it. You know, I think it's um, 
interesting since we're on the topic of relegation. So the bottom two of the upper division get sent down to lower division and vice versa. Top two of lower division get sent up. They do not have relegation matches. Um, they don't have any way to determine who is the best between the 7th, 8th, and 9th, 10th. Mm -hmm. And that's another complaint I, I heard about. And I am also like very surprised by that. I feel like that should be fairly obvious and i don't really know the reasoning why is it maybe because you've committed to playing in the lower division and managed to get first to second you are you are allowing them to be able to invest more time in getting better by playing an entire another league before they actually get knocked down again potentially i mean i I think it could be exciting to see those games if they did want to happen. I wonder yeah, like, if it's why because... Why don't you have relegation matches? Because they, you know people would watch those. That's super exciting. Yeah, it's, it's all the drama, right? Yeah. It's all the drama. Maybe they fear that there wouldn't be any turnover. I think the worst case scenario with this is like... Uh, or the way that it would change is that if you see the people from the lower division always placing 7th and 8th in the upper division, then getting kicked back down, and you see those two teams like always swapping, right? Mm. That's when it could probably become icky, and you'd yeah. be like, wait a second, maybe we're punishing these 7th and 8th teams too much. Um, but, but yeah, like I... The, I'm just in it for the drama, right? Yeah. I, I'm here for the high drama games. I want to see Team 8 play Team 10 and see ooh, if Team 10 can be like, ah, ha, ha, look at that. We just secured ourselves another six grand for next year. Now we can have potential for so much more. We can go to TI. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the more I think about it, the more I think about the uh, – I think I think mm, that reasoning is probably the case, is is the fact that if you are committed to playing in the lower division, you get first, second. You are rewarded by playing an entire – six weeks in this upper division league and giving the opportunity to grow and get better. I think that's the reason that the way it is, because it, that would also explain the, the other thing a lot of people have a problem with is, is not only is it a flat structure in prize pool, but it's also a flat structure in, well, DPC points. But another one is the, um, the regions, right? Mm -hmm. There is some difference between the regions, Europe and China get like one more team into the wild card stage. South America doesn't get a team into the wild card stage at all. Um, there's some stuff like that, right? Yeah, there's there still isn't equal region representation, which makes sense in the world that we've been living in. Yeah, it would yeah, yeah. it would be wild to have you know the same equivalent of South America versus Europe right now, right? That's probably the biggest discrepancy. But it is still flatter in. In many ways, right? Then correct, yeah. So like than any if, previous iteration. If you're a uh, if you're an EU or a Chinese team, there's two extra spots into the major wild cards. Mm -hmm. If you're uh, uh, SEA or NA, you have one extra spot. Okay. But the other two regions, which would be what CIS and uh, South and America, South America, zero extra slots. So it's just you know. Um, it, it, the, the tournament right now is saying like, hey, EU and China, strongest regions, more people can make it through potentially this, this top eight group into a yeah. tournament. So they're saying, you know, potentially the fourth best Chinese team could be as good as the second best South American team. For sure. Um, which, which, you know, I, I think makes sense logistically. Um, who has been complaining the most about 
all of these changes because I have I've seen some. First off, sidebar: if if I can have a non sequitur for a moment, yes. If you had to like explain something that may be unpopular or really get it off your chest, and you have to make a Twitter post of it, what kind of a long Twitter post person are you? Are, are you like a twit longer? link or do you like write it in notepad and then take a screenshot of it and post a picture like how, how do you deliver news like that because i think i haven't had to do it but but i i always wonder how i would uh, go about it i'd probably do twit longer no notepad screenshot just um i mean i guess you could do microsoft word and screenshot it and post it on twitter too right i was thinking notepad like i didn't want to type that much on my phone it's entirely <laughs> about it's entirely about ease of access for me Joey. okay I, i'm picking that up I'm, I'm understanding that um i don't care how people read the message what what matters is how easy it is for me to write that message point being i think people probably have seen some some homies with some some twit longers recently yeah like oh i don't like this uh oh, we weren't consulted i have complaints <laughs> and i don't want to inherently discredit any of those dissenting opinions because obviously valve is not going to make a system that is perfect for everyone mm -hmm. whether it be them or the tournament organizers or the players or the viewers like this is we're, we're all together collectively embarking on a new journey that is going to have some 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 bumpy waves mm -hmm. uh some people have been more vocal about than others so like what does that look like like what what is the the harshest criticism of the new system well um Heen obviously was the twit longer that probably got the most um eyes on it simply because he was very adamant about how much he disliked it and used some questionable analogies uh, is in descriptive the, words. He is the coach of secret? He is the coach of secret, correct. Mm -hmm. um, and he posted uh, uh, a lot of things about it um, and then he he backed down on it a little bit in a second twit longer post. That's how you know. That's how you know. Fuck you, fucked up. <laughs> you have to post a second twit longer. Then, That's just bad PR, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he was one who posted it. Um, one of the biggest complaints that um, seems all around is less money, less events, and the fear of less third parties um third third party organizers which again means less money there as well um the the pro players are always the first ones to point out like hey like uh last year we had x amount of total money in the dpc system now we've only got this amount um and that would be one of the complaints for this setup. Um, that was a the really big complaint about the flat structure mm -hmm. and just being able to, what was it, kindergarten and communism were the two words that stood out to me from me. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I, I actually really like Keen, um, and I hope people don't give him too much shit for his twit longer post. Keen, great he friend of the emotional. podcast. Come on over, buddy. He, he was emotional. You know, he said some things. Is it happens. It, it does it mostly break? Do the complaints mostly break down to players who are worried about making less money? Um. I think their their bigger complaint is less so about the money, though the money is like it's still concerning, right? Whenever you feel like um, there's less money going into the system, mm -hmm. um, their biggest complaint was the DPC points and how flat it is. Um, so if you if you don't know, you get 500 for being first in your upper division, and then you only get 500 for being first at the major, correct? 
I, think I, I do not know that. So basically being first in your region is the same as being first in the world, right? Which sounds inherently just wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But that's also 500 points on top of the 500 you got before. There's uh, also, that was the same concern with like the flatter uh, prize pool structure and the less money that's going into the majors as well is um, is the fact that like, okay, there's just, there's very clearly like less money going to the best, right? I think that stems from, in the past when we had major systems, we'd see like someone would win the first major and they would kind of almost auto be invited to ti because of those points and they might be very different in eight months from now yes so does that team who won eight months ago deserve to be a ti i mean there's probably no right or wrong answer to that i can argue for both ways uh i mean here's the thing i think that um that was something that valve tried to solve before um where they had their private system they inherently waited uh they, they, they waited as in they put more weight on tournaments that were later in the year right because mm-hmm. it proved that you were one of the best going into ti and that's what's important not necessarily nine months before if you won a tournament right totally different patch totally different team potentially and and i think that was the same thing that's why they had the super major right is that like we had this final major at the end and it's worth this much amount of points be on your best at this tournament right so you can go to ti again Weight putting weight on the mm-hmm. end of the season, um, but there there are some like problems with that, right? It's like you don't like how do you weight the system that is like basically nine months long um, to make sure that your first events are completely meaningless. You still want the best teams to actually participate mm-hmm. in those tournaments, right? You don't want them to to skip out on them. Funny enough, when they made it flat between minors and majors, that's when teams actually started skipping majors, <laughs> right? Which is which is which funny is that, enough, yeah. right? But it that, you know that's just something as a team you learn, right? If you think you're going to be going to TI anyway. Um, you know, it's better to conserve your energy and follow the lead of, of a team like OG. Which, you know, LGD has been on a very long break since they can't seem to get out of the goddamn open. <laughs> Those poor boys. I really, they're, they're, such a, they're such a cute group. I really want them to, to do better. Mostly, I don't, I don't want Paris to be like, hey, guys. <laughs> We're going to find someone else. I yeah. want to keep that partnership alive. Um, I... From a fan perspective, uh-huh. I haven't seen much complaints. I've seen people kind of like echoing some of the sentiment that some of the more vocal people against system have had, but it seems yeah. like a, either a net neutral or a net positive. Uh, normally, when things like this have happened in the past and there's been changes, there's like Reddit posts on top of Reddit posts on yes. top of tweets that are like, yes. this is everything that Gabe Newell did wrong. <laughs> um, but I haven't seen that much like vocal opposition to it so that yes. makes me think that more people are okay with it than normal uh yeah no i i would i would agree with that i i think um a fair amount as you said of the people uh, regular people who are putting criticisms are mostly just like kind of jumping on top of they they try and like play the mindset of the player or argue for the player or argue for the tournament organizer PPD said this he's literally jesus he must be right i'm yeah. gonna echo that thought. yeah the that. recent post that went up the very first comment was that like oh it's gonna be really hard for tournament organizers to have to um 
to have to supply the other because you have to you tournament organizers have to be able to provide studio coverage for English, Chinese, and Russian, as you would expect, because those are the primary languages of Dota, and you still have to have a language broadcast from Spanish. Spanish, South America, uh, like and Filipino, like, I think. I, Tagalog. I, no. I, I think is it Something Tagalog? Else. Something else. Uh, but either way, it's like um, you have you have to have those. And the first comment from you know, random redditor two four six is that like ah, oh, it's going to be really t- hard for term organizers to provide you know that for the other official languages. But I, nobody really knows about these things, right? Yeah, that makes me also realize that our scene is generally older and a little bit more mature and kind of understands there's a business behind it too. Yeah, because I think. In other games, the first thought wouldn't be like, well, how's BTS going to pull this off? It would be like, it's also, uh, it's also like a (laughs) Dota 2 is, uh, you know, for better or for worse, um, it is a tough game and that naturally attracts, uh, people who think very highly of their own intelligence and people who think very highly of their own intelligence search out the, um, the problems they don't think other people see. Yeah. Right. You you don't take the normal complaint. You you try and like, ah, oh, what's what's something only I can see? What's the problem only I can see? And then pull that out, put it up on a you know pedestal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the the thing thought is hipsters. the thing They're is about all, all of this, right? There are still plenty of essays being written. One thing I can promise you guys is that Valve is actually communicating um, quite a bit with players, tournament organizers, team owners. All those, also those, those people. Well, it was reported like I mean, Phil had some tweets that I think went a little bit viral. Like, hey guys, there was like two or about to be three meetings between team organizers. Yes, there's going to be another now. meeting in LA apparently. So, yeah. so like things things did happen. This wasn't just done in the dark. I wonder how much of this is in response to the last you know twelve to eighteen months we've seen of like community vocal wishing support for tier two. And tier three teams, I wonder um, how much of this would have become if there wasn't that much that much vocalization yeah. on it. Um, I wonder how much the whole thing is in response to that. Uh, I wonder how much of it is a whole thing in response to like, hey, we need to like make the scene either like have a little injection of longevity or like what their top down reason is. But the fact that they are in clearly including inviting teams team owners into the discussion is a good thing yeah i, I couldn't they're, ever argue against that right they're always talking to uh at least now they're always talking um i've heard reports of like four or five years ago where like people just could never get a hold of valve but valve has put uh i would say they've been for valve standards anyway very vocal about the fact that like hey you can come and talk to us about these things um and they've I, I think a little bit of like history has made people feel like it's still the same old Valve, where there's just like uh, they, they'll never respond to us. But and, and so Valve just keep on, keeps on having to say it, like, "Hey, we'll talk to you guys if you if you want to be able to set up something. We, we will talk to you about this stuff." But then the other thing is, um, so they are communicating with people. And the other thing I want to assure people is that Valve is always trying to improve the system. I think that's one thing that gets like really overlooked. We've had very different iterations of the DPC. Hell, we've only had the DPC for three or four years, but before that, the the system was always like in a way still trying to improve. 
But once we had the DPC, every single year, except for this last one, was a repeat. But I would still argue some things got better, right? But they're always trying to improve on things. And, and I think that uh, people seem to overlook that. That it is a constant process. And this is a young field of both esports um, that people don't have all the answers. And there are problems with every solution that you can come up with. Yeah, and every solution isn't going to fit everyone. That's why you see, like, maybe a team owner has a problem with one thing, where a player has a problem with another thing, where a viewer has a problem with another thing. Yeah. Like, if I'm a viewer, I, I look at the schedule they propose, and I'm like, I'm going to need, like, a Google calendar so I can remember when to actually watch Dota. I'll give you a great example of that, um, of, like, different sections having ignorance to other sections. Um, and that goes for, like, you know, right now I'm talking about, like, the plain Redditor who, like, doesn't have any inside connections. But I'll say right now, like me as talent, I view um, the Gorgsy and Admiral Bulldog and even myself um, stealing free content or whatever you want to call it, right? Basically being able to be on Dota TV and take numbers away from tournament organizers. Mm -hmm. I will say I view that as a problem. Um, but the tournament organizers that have been asked about these things uh, have mostly said it's not a problem. Yeah, so. <laughs> I look at it, I'm just like, what the hell? Like, how is this not, like, Dota TV sure? exclusive? Okay. Like, is this not, like, a big deal? Like, I, I would think that Dota uh, TV exclusivity is, like, a very important deal. But apparently tournament organizers don't feel the same way. Yeah, I, like, the, you know, those things I never know. Like, I never hear those conversations. So, yeah. I, you, you know, you just kind of get in that, that idea of, well, that's what Reddit thinks. That's what's right, right? But not always the case. Yeah, so. And, uh, I don't think we've had a bad like all the iterations have been good, right? Sure. Like we've they've consistently had better DPCs and like addressed problems. I don't think we've ever had you know a moment of like wow why did we change this? Yeah, I mean, just think of the very first miners majors, right? There was too many of them. It, the the system was all jumbled up. It didn't really seem like you could tell the difference between a minor and major. They all had different formats. Like it was just a mess, right? And then we got a more uniform season for the last two years, where we have uh, a very set amount of minors and majors. A minor leads into a major, which is a cool system that you kind of take from CS:GO. I'm assuming. Yeah. Right, because that's that's kind of how they operated. Dude, give uh, CS:GO a TI. Hot take. I know it's a hot. <laughs> it's a really hot take, everybody. But yeah, it's like uh, you you've got all of these you've got all of these little improvements that are being made, and now we're moving into a league system, and very likely that league system will be different next year from the year after. Yeah, and right. probably still better. And and to be honest, like we, like Valve is full of a bunch of smart people, and there's a lot of smart people uh, giving their advice on this sort of stuff. But to be honest, you don't really know. You can't really know these things until it actually plays out, and then you'll start seeing the flaws in the in the system. So, I'm I've been getting more into uh, LCS because yeah. of work. <laughs> Turns out I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in an office now at Liquid where everybody is a league person almost Disgusting. universally. I know. I, f I walk in there. I, uh, Did you shower I, before you uh, you came home from the offices today, right? No, I Did you I shower didn't. before? I, I fucking smell league I, I, I filth. That, that's what it was. I, I, played a, I, played a, I played a game today. Um, uh -huh. That game is so fucking complex in a completely different way that Dota's complex. Yeah. It's, it's 
remarkable. Everything, oh, oh, 10% bonus to a passive and an active. Anywho, I'm getting off track. I've been having to learn more about League uh, and more about the LCS. And even with all of its flaws, it does... I get why the system they have in place is exciting. Every team plays, you know, one, two best of ones, a different team every week. Um, it, it's a round robin tournament where they do a full round robin twice in a group that leads into a playoffs. It makes a lot of sense. You you know what day's league is going to be on. You can easily follow when your team's going to be there. Uh, they have so much supplementary content that it's great for the story. Um like I, I realize now because I never really gave it the time of day before that 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 it that it works. Yeah, and it feels like it works much better than the Overwatch League works from what I've watched of that. <laughs> follow yes. that. So, um, kind of working in that mindset where I now am, am uh, watching and appreciating their system more. I I like that we're kind of going in that direction where I can get invested in a North American group play. I hope you don't go too far in that direction, though. Um, one of the things I do like about this system is that there is six weeks uh, on for the league and then six weeks off, basically. Um, now, the six weeks off usually cover things like Chinese New Year, uh, Christmas. Like the six weeks is definitely dialed down a bit, but there is opportunities for third-party organizers to run events, and I hope they still do um, because there is – a lot of people are saying this is going to crowd out the calendar. There's going to be nothing outside of it. Um, there is an indirect incentive – Maybe we talked about this last time, but there's an indirect incentive with the league filling up uh, a lot of these things. The fact that people are regional and they stay within their region playing games, it does mean that when you run a third-party tournament, you will have people more excited to watch inter-region play. play, So you are going to be very excited to see Secret versus EG, if you manage to get that, because Secret's the top of Europe right now, and EG's the top of NA right now, who's actually better, right? And you don't get to know until the major, but wait, you do get a sneak peek at this third-party tournament, right? And uh, you're going you're gonna to tune in to watch that. I, I've had this argument with a couple of my other friends. I... I think, I, I think that naturally there are going to be fewer of those events. Sure. Um... You know, I, I would still expect to see, you know, I, I, I bet there's a there's a big one in Singapore. I bet that there's like a we play still oh, we does play, we play will get it, I'm sure of it. I <laughs> Hell yeah, we That's, play. I just came back from the We Play event. Let me say I'm feeling good right now. I've got new pants thanks to We Play. I've got new shoes, new shirts. Go We Play all day, every day. I look forward <laughs> next episode we have to have a full We Play debrief because I'm very excited to ask a million questions about that. I they're set, Jesus Christ. Um anywho. <laughs> um we I, I, we play will do one. They'll probably be one in Singapore. There might be like a, like a Chinese one. There, there, there'll probably be a summit at some point in time. I wouldn't guess more than like four or five big ones uh, or four or five important ones. I really, really like that there's going to be four cornerstone Dota events again. I think that I was the most excited about Dota from a completely anecdotal standpoint. Uh when I can get excited around all of the majors and there was less of them. I don't know yeah. why the shift between the three majors TI versus the current system like made me less interested in the major. I don't have like a good scientific psychological uh, explanation for it. Mm-hmm. 
but I know that it's like something about those four cornerstone events felt really good to me. Yeah, I think that um, there was something like I liked the minor major system that happened after the three and two valve majors because um, what a lot of feedback probably was at the time, they went from three valve majors to two and then to no valve majors, um, was that third party organizers were getting crowded out, right? You basically at that point in time had... F one TI, which already crowds out the field by quite a bit, and then three mini TIs, mm -hmm. right? And then two mini TIs the next year. Um, how do you possibly compete with that as a third-party organizer? Um, you do something you, different like Summit, maybe. You do something like where you put money in a fire like we play. There's not a lot of yeah. options. Yeah. And, and like uh, that was a bit of a problem. And part of the problem was is that Valve Majors were so much money. Right in a world where I had somebody who was a part of a team tell me that they were actively trying to push a tournament to increase their prize pool, and that's why they wouldn't go to another tournament that had a lower prize pool. Tournament organizers have significant expenses when it comes to just being able to put in enough money to attract teams in the first place. Well, with this new system, right, the majors are significantly less money than the old Valve majors. Yes. Right? And that is something that I'm sure players dislike, right? They Like, being able to play for three mini TIs and then a TI itself, that's pretty hype. I would love the hell out of it if I was a player. I can't fault them for that because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, that could be less money. Have they talked about – sorry, I might be derailing. Have they talked about if they're going to do compendium S stuff for the, for the majors? Because that could also make the – I haven't seen anything about it. That could, in theory, make those prize pools silly also. Yeah, I, it doesn't seem like it from their post. They they just put, like, uh, it's going to be 500000 right, and tournament organizers have to put in half the pool, just like they have to do for uh, league systems. Um, same thing, the half the money that goes into league is actually coming from tournament organizers as well. Hear, hear me out. Okay. Valve, someone in the office is listening. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. You know that for a fact For a now. fact now. Oh, God. <laughs> Fantasy cards. I was hoping they would never listen to this, honestly. <laughs> Fantasy cards. For the majors. Yeah. Even if you don't do a full compendium thing, give me, give me one chest, maybe two chests. One immortal treasure and an option to buy fantasy card packs. Okay. Put that towards the prize pool. Don't build anything else. Don't do anything special. Just those two things. Watch the money increase. Let me play fantasy. That's my plea. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I will I will also support that because I don't play fantasy. I'm too busy during TI. I can't I can't be bothered to mess with that. Um, but for a major for majors, it's a possibility that you can create content around it as a tournament organizer. And I think that would be hype. And I think that's something TI should be doing as well. Here, here's here's my TED Talk for the tournament organizers. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you your best fantasy Dota content. I know you might think it might be like fucking Nahas or it might be Knoxville. No, fuck them. Call me. <laughs> That's it. You're not even going to give them a taste? You're just going to say, call me. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's all you need. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I am oh, there was a, Can I just have a short little... There was some guy <laughs> on Twitter that was... Uh, that, like, I was a part of some chain. 
uh, for like a tournament announcing people or something like that. Oh, it was ESL One LA. I know what it was. The ESL One LA announcement for the talent came out. No women. Obviously, a lot of people commented on that. Um, I won't get into that right now, but there is a lot of people talking about it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And some guy, I don't know where your your head has to be, but some guy was like going off about this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he was talking about like how much better tournaments can be and all these sorts of things. And he and at some point in time, he goes, but I won't say anything more about that because they should have to pay me for this stuff. What the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? Oh. Random Twitter guy 27? Like, what the fuck? I hate that I evoked that memory because that you means think that, that... You think that, you know, like... <laughs> you think James Lampkin at ESL is going to be looking at that Twitter comment section, scrolling through, and he's going to be like, this guy's got some great ideas. I should steal some of that. Ah, oh, darn it. He saw me coming. Well, I guess I'll slip into those DMs. Got to pay a consulting fee. Come on, man. Yo, Kennegan, if you want to talk to me, I got a consulting fee. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm so... <laughs> Some wild ones on the internet. Yeah, man. I am excited for SLLA. Um, I'm excited for the so, major season. Are you... I, I don't think we have, we've touched on this yet. Uh, how do you, you feel as someone who, you know, kind of bases your yearly income around Valve events and works these things? It, it like... Because surely you have a different perspective because you're going to need to feed yourself. Um, yeah. I mean, my perspective is going to be the most positive out of anybody. And that's for obvious reasons. I that your disposition Just like other positive. people, I I work towards incentives, right? So if, if players uh, have, especially the top pool of players are complaining because some of their incentives are being taken away, I, on the other hand, have given you a very peachy, happy, dreamy uh, version of this new league because... I am in the best possible place of almost anybody. <laughs> I'll be honest. I live in LA. I live near the BTS studios. I live near the ESL studios. I'm hoping to be working with them for the league. That means I won't have to travel. I hate traveling. Yeah. Fucking hate being in the goddamn airplane. I hate it so much. So I won't have to do that anymore. And I can still get paid. I can still get paid doing the work that I love to do. You might I might be making more money next year because of the league system. I don't know. If I had to place a bet, I would assume you'll be making more money next year. So I, I would also assume that. Some of my other talent were pretty doom and gloom when, when there was just rumors uh, initially. And uh, for me, like, I just had a lot of faith in Valve, even if, like, I didn't know some things. In fact, I, I was actually pretty optimistic about this when I didn't know anything. I only knew about the – I literally found out about the liquid. Yeah. Right? Off the liquid article. That's all I knew. I was optimistic reading that because at the end of the day, I – like uh, all complaints aside, again, I think Valve has always been trying to improve something. So when they announce a league system – and we were talking about on this podcast, mm -hmm. talking about are they going to be doing online casting with just, you know, two two casters? Like, are they just going to be hiring, you know, Bob Caster and Joe Caster to ten, pay them 10 bucks a game and send them on their way? Uh, or are they going to actually bring people in the studio? If they bring people in the studio, are they going to have great talent for it? All that sort of thing, right? Well, I had faith in Valve, the fact that they weren't going to take a step back. We've always been improving, right? And they weren't going to go back to the TI4 era of, like, everyone's just casting online. There's constantly games going on. And you just got just 
casters casting from home nonstop for no pay. Like I I had faith we weren't going to go back to that. Right. Turns out exceeded my expectations where we're actually not only doing studio broadcasts, but we're also they are enforcing you must have a panel as well as casters. That means a lot of work for everybody. Yeah. More people are getting more work consistently too and and anybody who's saying like oh but tournament organizers surely they're not gonna well remember you have to bid for these leagues first of all you have to take the responsibility and saying i'm going to do this thing and i'm obviously going to be looking to make a profit from doing so because it's a job i'm going to take this i'm going to hire people i'm going to do all those things and i'm still going to make enough money for myself right so obviously tournament organizers have to be able to have some sort of plan going into this unless you're just burning some of that investment money yeah I, I, either way it works for investment me money. i don't care <laughs> but um yeah yeah I, I, but, but the league is incentivized to, right because you have a league you can sell the sponsors yeah and not only from like a like a talent perspective these leagues are gonna have to create more esports jobs i'm thinking too like mm -hmm. i don't think any of these studios have enough staff on hand right now to probably run the leagues that they need to Oh yeah, there's going to be more more admin jobs. There's going to sure. be more admin jobs. There's going to be more more per, uh, behind the camera production jobs of literally controlling the broadcast. There's going to be people who might not have previously gotten opportunities to be casting or being on the panel to do that. You can probably see YouTube content. Talent. That's another one, right? There's going to be YouTube content, which not only has to be made, it has to be edited and uploaded. Yep. There's gonna there's just the logistical people who have to manage all of the new talent too. Mm -hmm. There's there's going to be more graphics people who need consistent work. Yep. There's going to be uh, fuck I don't know writers probably to to some degree if they're going to be making extra content. There's going to be people sure. who needs to like write and produce that. And if there's going to be someone writing producing it, that means there needs to be more video editors who are going to be making this content too. Like I most of these leagues if they're going to be doing it properly just need more people. Yeah. And those are stories you'll never probably hear about because you don't we don't know everyone who's, you know, suddenly going to be hired by you know what have you a, a BTS or a, or a, uh, I always forget the the CIS studio's name. Uh, uh Maincast, are you hub? Are you hub? Like yeah. but th there's going to be just a lot more esports jobs that come out of this which is ultimately cool too. Yeah. I I think that uh, this definitely has far-reaching implications and people won't initially take into an idea of like how game changing this is for the ecosystem for again how many jobs are available how much more work there is going to be i mean just like just talent right because you see us all the time so it's easy to kind of think of some things right just talent wise okay you have to have casters and a panel let's say bare minimum you have two of each two casters two panels that is super bare minimum. Yeah, I'd even say five is bare minimum, like three panel, two casters. Let's say, okay, let's say five then. Let's say five, and then they're able to, like, move around, like, the panels go to casters, the casters go to panels. So that would make more sense. Five, pretty sustainable, small minimum number. Five people for six different regions, right? That's 30 talent getting hired every single, for six weeks. 30 talent for yeah, six 18 weeks a year. And that's not even counting the majors with third-party events or TI. Yeah, people talk, People are complaining a lot about the fact that um, – and I see these complaints because it's concerning for me um, – overexposure of talent. Why do we see the same talent over and over again? Well, you're only seeing seven or eight talent, right? To give you an example of how many people are hired per event, ESL has like 
I think seven people with an eighth person being uh, purged as a weatherman. Yeah, that, I saw ESL's list, and I'm like, I don't think that's enough people. I I would agree with you, but yeah, that's oh. a conversation <laughs> for another day. Uh, right, but You're thirty work people compared to the eight before, right? Like at best, let's let's say over the course of six weeks, you have like three events, right? Maybe like some of those people are going to be repeat, some of them won't. Mm -hmm. But like let's say at most. 15 people mm -hmm. i think it's that's fairly reasonable of like you're gonna have some casters that are gonna go from event to event but there's gonna be some different analysts and stuff like that well you've just doubled the number of talent getting higher all these tier two and tier three casters who are talking about like oh this could be terrible tier one talent might lock us all out how there's not there's enough hours in the day yeah <laughs> there's too many jobs the real, all these tier two casters or tier three casters are like, fuck, I should learn another language. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the value play. Like anyone who's now bilingual and can do like the Spanish cast and the English cast, <laughs> you're the one who's going to get the job right now. So like everybody pick up your Rosetta Stone. That's <laughs> <laughs> I, and then on top of that, there is still the second division, which will largely go uncasted. But I have heard that there is. Uh, there, there have been proposals that say they will cover the lower division too. I don't know how. You're, that's not part of the deal. You don't have to do that as a tournament organizer. The, the second division is very clearly just like, it's out on Dota TV, whatever. Whoever can cast it can cast it. But like, at least one tournament organizer was like, let's do it up. Let's do the whole thing. We got it all covered. In which case, that means they're going to be hiring even more than just five people. They're going to have to hire at least ten. Man, if they do that, they should relegate the casters. <laughs> Dude, that would be sick. Because it would become very much like the Smash Summit. You know how like they, they vote in and stuff? Yeah. Like people vote in. And so you get these campaigns to keep yourself relegated, right? Yeah. I would not enjoy that because my brand is not very good compared to other tier one casters. But mm. but you would have a bunch of talent creating content and doing shit just to keep themselves hey. getting votes. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Man, I, it, it's, it's, uh. it's wild. There's there's so much from so many different perspectives that this new league brings that is genuinely exciting. Like I almost wish that I can just go into go into some kind of a time chamber and see what it's gonna be like come you know the end of the year. Yeah, like, this is still gonna continue to evolve. There's still gonna be tweaks and changes. It's not all set in stone. We don't know who's doing the events, but like I just want to know what's gonna happen now. <laughs> I'm so interested in it. And we haven't even, man, we haven't even talked about the fact that something else that's like related to this next season and still blows my mind is that Valve put out an ask for different, uh, like, fucking cities in the world to host, oh, yeah. to host TI. They just put to out an they, open deal, like, hey, if you want to put in a proposal to host TI, what? Right? That's like what the Olympics does. Is there going to be some kind of committee in Valve that's like, ah, you know what, it's definitely going to be whatever. I, um, uh, I, I'm calling it now from the three-point line. TI-11 is going to be in Singapore. I could totally see that. I think Southeast Asia would be fantastic to have a TI in. 
Uh, I've always loved to go to Southeast Asia. The fans are incredible there. It's one of the the old homes of Dota, first of all, right? Like everyone talks about China, China, China as being like the the home of Dota, right? Going mm -hmm. back into the early days. But Southeast Asia was also a really big hub for Dota back then, right? So I would love for, for us to be able to take it home in that regard. And on top of that, you probably have a lot of uh, of see cities that are willing to work with um, with production and stuff to, to be able to make a really good TI. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think I think Singapore is a city in general that is also like pushing government resources into growing esports. Yeah, which is why they have my my best my best odds. I think in terms of like being able to push from a government standpoint to host an yeah. event. I think they're ahead in that regard compared to South America, and possibly compared to one of the problems with like CIS is there's not a ton of great places to host TI, like Kiev, for example. I don't think yeah. you can really. Not it would like what be Moscow. It would probably have to be in Moscow, and I'm not sure how many venues are are good for that there. Yeah, I, I I really I'm a little bit ignorant to that you know whole region, so it's hard it's hard to even say. Either way, I would uh, love CIS or Southeast Asia. Those would be my two uh two go to places. I mean, I think it's in a way only fair that uh, China got their TI. Give the the Russian casters, um, the CIS casters, give them an opportunity to have a TI in their home language on their home ground. I think that's that's fair. That means eventually, if we get one in every region, we'd have to go to to Brazil, at some point. Right? I think it would, would it still be English? I think it would still be English. Probably? Yeah. Because it is that's what ESL does yeah. for their events, right? When they yeah, go yeah. to South America. Yeah. It's a good point. But, I mean, Valve, Valve requested, you know, proposals now. So, yeah. you know, we might not know instantly who's going to be hosting these things, who's going to, where's going to be, where's TI going to be at, where the major's going to be at. But, like, they're, they're asking for this stuff now so i wonder if we're gonna know sooner rather than later i'm not trying to uh i'm not trying to clown on him but there was a reddit post about like hey how do i get in contact with valve because i have my my city council's interested and uh, for the life of me i just kept laughing at the idea that it was like fucking bum fuck indiana <laughs> you know twin creek michigan <laughs> ti <laughs> you know we've got we've got the elks building that sometimes opens up for birthday parties like for whatever reason that was just was so funny to me that's like can we put ti in glendale <laughs> <laughs> not even los angeles proper just like glendale <laughs> or like uh what what of my places like vancouver oh vancouver canada yeah that was a great place to have ti no vancouver washington <laughs> right across the river from portland <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, people got a month to put in proposals if, if we want to write one up we can uh we can find some small city yeah i'll i'll take it to man see i would never be in los angeles but that would be the best case scenario for me because i want to take a flight uh, i won't disagree with that <laughs> seattle so the days of seattle and vancouver because my mother lives like near portland so it was very easy for me and i actually lived with my mom uh for a lot of the time when it was in seattle so it was very nice for me just to be able to drive ti uh did you drive like ever like like just back and forth when you were working or i mean they surely still give you a hotel room. yeah there was uh there was one time where i came back from um i came back from combat training 
and I was back for like a day and then I drove straight to uh straight to Seattle for a TI. TI three, I think. Yeah. So I showed up to TI three in really good shape and very tan. <laughs> Everyone's like, wow, who's this Adonis? And uh, no, <laughs> nobody knew who I was back then. <laughs> I I was at got TI three. Um TI3 at Royal Hall was weird because, like, uh, it was still small enough to where it almost was like we kind of had an odd control over the venue. Yes. We were, like, kind of all over the place. We were just were, free to roam, basically. You were completely free to roam. And I uh. I walked across the street to there's – there's, like, a city target over there. Mm-hmm. And I bought a box of Hostess. I remember that city target actually? Yeah, yeah. go on. I, I, I bought a box of Hostess donuts uh-huh. uh, because there wasn't a ton of food for whatever reason. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck! I'm just gonna like grab something quick and then like have a snack. Yeah. I bring them back and um, I just hid the second half of the box of donuts in one of them, the, like the merch stands <laughs> that, that was like not being used by Valve, just like Ben Royal Hall second floor, like cabinet that that some docent would normally work at uh-huh. i'm just like i'll just open the drawer put the extra donuts in there and the next day i had the rest of the donuts like <laughs> it's so wild to think that that's what ti was like seven years ago yeah. where, where it was so small that i could literally hide a box of donuts in the venue for the next day and now uh, <laughs> they're taking international city bids it was so small that when there was that iconic uh liquid is doing it right with the bulba clockwork that went off i still remember him getting out of the booth and he raced up the uh he raced up the the hall into the like you're you're in the main part and then you go into the outside outer hall area which was also where the panel was and a bunch of people like followed him because he just raced up there and he was just kind of like jumping and dancing around he was so excited i still remember that moment it was a great moment and everybody was around him now like nowadays you can't get close to somebody like you can't get close like, to like almost anyone yeah yeah it's like uh you could approach them at some point after the game for an autograph or something like that but you wouldn't ever be able to like just you know pat him on the back tell him great job all that sort of thing i watched one of the semifinals games like with in between dendy's mom and hotbed I'm like, like that stuff just doesn't. It's like, what, what a weird, different world it was. Yeah. Now we're gonna go to Stockholm this year, and then God knows where the year after. Selfishly, I wish that we just kept it in Seattle forever. Much cheaper flights, much shorter travel distance. For sure. But I guess it is cool. And Seattle's beautiful that time of the year. For nine months, it rains and it's cloudy, and it's just it gives a lot of people depression. That for that three months, especially around that TI time, it's beautiful. Yeah, you can watch it on the lawn. You can, I don't know where you're going to go watch on the lawn later. Yeah, dude, I miss the lawn. That was a great time. <laughs> Man, I am so excited for the new season. Like I said, it's almost a shame that I'm going to have to wait to see how it actually puts up. I am so interested in the bad things, too. I cannot wait to see how a region field 16 teams and how they stay together for six weeks. That's going to be fucking wild. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see some team uh, like, um, like, uh, let's say a team beats Beast Coast, right? Let's, let's look at South America specifically. Let's say some team beats Beast Coast. They get their 500 DPC points. And then on top of that, they're seeded into the major playoffs. So I think they guarantee top 12 some level, yeah so, so so you know something like that like they 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 win like one match in the lower bracket say they get knocked down they win the one match in the lower bracket they do like the same thing next year a thousand plus dpc points you're basically in a ti at that point 
That's exciting. You've already got a non-Beast Coast South American team qualify. And there's going to be some real mad people. Some real mad players, especially. Because- Can you believe that Nigma didn't get to the TI, <laughs> but fucking Pain Gaming did? Re- <laughs> 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 There's gonna be some real mad people, and hey, those complaints—they—they are—they are very valid. Um, you know whether or not you should have a flat structure for the DP points, whether or not you can weight regions based off their previous performance, all that sort of thing. You know that those are legit complaints. But I think um, at the end of the day, I want people to be optimistic and excited for the new league system because I think you should be. I think it's going to be a very big change and. I think a lot of good things are going to come from it. There's going to be some problems for sure, but um, more, honestly, more people should look on the the bright side of these these sort of things, man. You can't you can't do it perfect every single time, you know. I really hope that there's either a phenomenal third party or Valve does an exceptional job of using their client in the app to tell me when the games are. I'm going to need a motherfucking calendar because the tables look confusing. Highly anticipate that'll be the case. If it's not Liquipedia, which surely will work anyways, like Valve, Valve, I I need this one. Again, it's one of those sort of things. It's like if you're going to do a league, why wouldn't you do it right? Right? It's like the same thing with a studio broadcast, right? I had faith in Valve to like, if you're going to make a league system, surely you're going to support it, right? And not make, because I think it would have been a significant step back if they just left it to online casters and stuff. Uh, I have faith in Valve that if you're going to make a league, you're going to support it through the DPC app. You're going to support it through your in game stuff. Like, if you're going to make that sort of commitment to really be hands on in a way, then hopefully that'll be. Uh, to be backed up by Valve. I'm going to get big into NA Dota next year. You're going to be a big NA Dota fan? We're going to bring fan. NA Dota back. All right. Maybe not. Maybe I'll go over to see. I'll just follow wherever Liquid is. I think I'm contractually obligated to do that. <laughs> I was do about to say. Do you know I can only drink Monster now? It's wild. <laughs> no water. <laughs> this cup, it's all Monster. It's wild. It's fucking crazy. You just, so you just look at a Red Bull in a grocery store. <laughs> away. Away, demon. No, I mean... It's, it's half a joke, but uh, editing the episode of the League of Legends show, dude, I had to edit some Red Bulls out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real. It's real. Dude, you know? uh, I'll, uh, um, uh, let me just say, the Red Bull versus Monster thing, I generally prefer Red Bull. Oh, that's which, the wrong answer. Which, is, wrong which, answer. Is, a, wrong which answer. is a problem because Red Bull does not sponsor esports as much as they should. Monster is the big... Big, uh, big dick there. Uh, the problem becomes is when you go to tournaments and they only have monster and they only have the basic kind of monsters because there are some great monsters out there and I quite enjoy them. Monsters done a really good job improving on various flavors. There are some that I really like. Tell me, can you tell me which ones you like? Because uh, I, I want to judge you right now. Because there's wrong answers. Do the, not the, say the purple one. The one that tastes like Fanta. It has the the yellow with a little orange and white stuff all over it. It's a it's a weird looking can, but it basically tastes like Fanta. I'm down for that. Um, there were some tea ones that were okay. I think. I just recently learned because we got a the big red can. There's a red one. We just got a big shipment of Monster at the office. I recently learned that most people don't like the default Monster flavor. Oh, yeah. That's my preferred one. (laughs) 
All the other flavors taste like bad candy. At least the original monster has like a distinct flavor like Red Bull does. It's like it's what they're vitamins. <laughs> no, it's good. I dude, I tried eight different types of monster over the last week. I like two of them. I like the default one. I can stomach the one that's all white, like the really white. Have can. you tried the various flavors of Red Bull? I don't. I start when they came out with the color collection. Uh-huh. Like I tried the initial ones, but then they lost me because they gave me out with like thirty at once, and I'm okay. like, I'm not gonna try all well, of them. Let me just say, you know, like Monster props on you guys. You guys probably have like ten times more flavors than Red Bull. But when Red Bull does a flavor, they don't miss. I haven't drank a single one that I'd be like, oh, that's terrible. But I just Monster. <laughs> There's some. Mon- <laughs> Have you tried the monster protein drinks? <laughs> Absolutely. Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> what about the monster like rehab drinks that are like Gatorade or something, or the ones that look like water? Are they monster coffee. Okay. No, that's why it. monster coffee. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know Grant's like a big Java fan or something like that. Uh, uh, okay, so I don't like coffee, and in, in general, I'm just looking for a kick. I don't drink caffeine drinks outside of when I'm at tournaments. So all I'm looking for is because my job is being high energy is something to give me some energy. <laughs> so I don't want a giant can of just pure sugar. I want something that has a small amount of uh, uh, of caffeine that won't make me jittery. And isn't loaded up with sugar, so I have a gigantic crash because I have to work a 14-hour day or something, you know? Like, like uh, yeah, and that's what I'm looking for. And so those Gatorade deals, I'm totally fine with that. Hmm. Yeah, I just, I also do like default Red Bull flavor too. I'm fine with default Red Bull. That's great. I'm I'm fine with default Monster. Monster I don't really, default? I don't want the other flavors at all. This is a, this is a Monster podcast. How dare you? <laughs> um, Sponsor us, monster. Fun fact. Anytime you see someone who has a monster branded water bottle, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not monster. It's not inside. monster in there. You probably know that, but now like you really know that. Yeah. If you see a monster branded water bottle, that person significantly prefers. Uh, I've Red seen Bull. a player crack open a Red Bull and pour it into their monster thing. But you know what? That is a that's a great them. that's a great player. That's an A plus player. They're probably on EG. It's probably Arteezy. Let's be real. Uh, that's that's a great player because they respect the brand commitment. Yeah, and it's important. You got to do it. It's important. Can you imagine if Monster was like, ah oh, man, Arteezy was 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 smoking a Red Bull on his on his <laughs> smoking a Red Bull. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Fuck, I think we're done, Cap. I I think we're. T- <laughs> it's been a long work day for you. <laughs> Not a, a little bit, a little bit. I'm still I'm still trying to settle into into the new system. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, that was a long game day for you. Don't out right? me. Don't out me that 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 today. I threw out the bait for you to say yes. <laughs> that, that today was you know game what? day. All he had to do was play games today, chat. That's not true. I did almost more work than the other people did. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, compare one to one. But like, man, it was. Yeah, rough. you're new. You got something to prove. Those it, other guys, they're two, three years in. I really do. I gotta make sure people know that I'm cool. Um, <laughs> I, I even tried to play League of Legends. With people, man, it's so it's so gross. I gotta take Charlie up on his offer. He offered to play with me so I can learn because he nice. has to learn too. I, I guess I can't ask you. I'll find someone else. I mean, I've played League of Legends in the past. I would not be opposed to playing in a group. I have no problem with it. League is a very fun game. There's so many. It's just. It's just. Uh, there's so. There's so many heroes. And I know you can say that about learning Dota. Dude, just specialize in one. You know me. I played roaming Alistar. 
Fuck, there were some real mad people about me playing a roaming Alistar, but it worked. All right. I was like, what the hell? Nobody roams in this game? Everyone jungles? I was like, I bet they won't see this coming. All of a sudden, I roam on the mid lane. I come out of the bushes. I charge that motherfucker into the tower. I slam on the ground, stunning him. All of a sudden, my mid lane is one. I'm just like, sick. <laughs> or Fwiz. That was my other one. I played Fwiz. And I played the lantern guy at some point in time. Yeah, I don't know. Every item, every item is kind of confusing because they all like do four or five different things that are like small percentages mm -hmm. yeah. and everything has a passive equip to it. And there's like the things like you can just equip a heal to your character that you choose before you start playing regardless of character. Yeah. And there's flashes or something. Yeah. And there's uh, the ward. Burning make flashes. Sense. Big deal. I don't. Big dude, dick deal. Dude, I don't. I don't. I'm. I need to figure out league. And if someone wants to help me. I'm probably talking to the wrong audience, but I gotta, I gotta do it for work. What a oh woe is me. Let me complain a little bit more. Go double lift. <laughs> really on brand. Got him. Oh, thanks for listening. Uh, let us know if you've <laughs> stayed past the point where we talked about League of Legends or energy drinks or uh, the halfway mark, or if you fell asleep. If you did fall asleep, thank you, because we still get the view. Also, if you want to give us a listen on Spotify or Google or Apple or whatever the fuck podcast player you like, do you know that it counts as a listen if they only listen to, like, the first five seconds? Fuck it. Listen to five seconds five it's, times. That's wild. If you're going to do that, like, you can just, just inflate the numbers. Hell that's yeah. fine. So I can... <laughs> We're I can, like that band that, that put out an album just full, entirely filled with, like, silence yeah. and had their fans play it over and over again. Yeah, that's great. Do big, that for us. Big win. Just do that for us, please. Also, uh, rate... The podcast. Give it five stars on uh, on Apple. Oh, fuck. I said Music. I, I said I was gonna. I said I was Do gonna that. read one on the next show. Can Do you, that as a thank you. Keep keep talking. I need you to keep for us giving you an early podcast, an early episode of the show. Uh, I hope if you're enjoying this on your weekend, and you're like, damn, I normally have to wait until Tuesday for this. As a thank you to us, sign up and give us a review of five stars. Why don't other Streaming services have that for podcasts, by the way. I uh, noticed that. Spotify because App, have Apple's so stuff. fucked up. Like, I, I don't like Wait, it's bad that Apple has reviews? No, podcasts? I mean, it's fine, but, like, it's so important <laughs> to the ecosystem. I just generally am not an Apple uh, person. I, I don't like the way the iTunes I mean, store works. Like, like, it's just like, oh, we got to go. I, a lot of people use it. A lot of people use it. I don't know. Spotify. I oh, I got look at that. We got a we got a new review from uh, Terry Flores last week. Great new take. A little dry out there in the Dota 2 podcast scene. I really like the new take on what you guys are doing. Period. Full stop. Thank you, Terry. You Thank should you, Terry. you should hit me up. I'll I'll send you an in-game item or an out-of-game poster or something. Let, let me know because if you if you review us and then we read it, I'll send you something. Okay, that's to incentivize you to incentivize us or watch it on YouTube because it's there also or listen to Shared Tangles, Trent and Ziori. I'm I'm sorry, I said your name wrong. Incentives. Incentives. Thank you. Incentives. That's the that's the through line. Pay us. Someone needs to. I can't do this for free. It's my living room. I'm burning daylight. This costs electricity, people. These microphones, they're like $100. It's expensive, okay?